Hey everyone, this is Monique again, and welcome back to Black Famous. Um, I know it's been a little while since the last upload. Uh, we're having a little bit of some technical difficulties. Uh, the last guest I had, uh, a Miss Tamika Cody, who is the absolute best. Uh, we talked about the song Don't Stop the Music by Yarborough and Peoples, and hopefully I will be able to get that episode up by the end of this week. But uh, till then, I've got another really, really great guest, and we're talking about a really great song. We're going to go forward in time a little bit to the year 1994, to a little song called Candy Rain by a, a group called Soul For Real. So, uh, you know, let's let's get to it. So I'm um, going to hand it over to Jen. Uh, who are you and why? Um, my name is Jen King, and I am a complete nerd when it comes to music, and that is why Monique asked me to come aboard, because I know nothing. <laughs> well, look, um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with this particular uh, oh, song, <laughs> because it is grand. Um, this was, I loved this song when I was a kid, um, and like I said, I think it came out... November 15th, 1994, that's when this song was released. So I was in fourth or fifth grade? I was a sophomore junior in high school. Sophomore junior so in high school. I am really old. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not really old, just, you know, just older than me. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it did bring back, like, a lot of flashbacks. Like, I didn't realize I knew this song until I listened to it. And then watching the video was... Like, oh, flashback. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to get into it because I haven't seen this video in a super long time either. And whoa, it is just, it is 90s, all, oh, like up and down and all over. 90s. Oh, yes. Um, all Everything right. about it. So first we'll start off with some facts about the group. Now, the group Soul For Real was made up of a group of brothers. And I believe there was one, two, three, four brothers. Um, Christopher also known as Chuck, Andre, also known as Dre, Brian, also known as Bry, and Jason, also known as Jace, Dale Rimple. So obviously not very creative with these, uh, these nicknames. Um, and they were from a neighborhood called uh, Wheatley Heights, which is in uh, on Long Island. They were discovered by um, the rapper Heavy D. Um, the overweight lover Heavy D, as he was known, R.I.P. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, the lore goes is that he discovered them in a McDonald's. He was at a McDonald's. Were they singing or something? Like, how do you discover a group at McDonald's? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get it. Like, were they were they busking in front of the McDonald's? Were they singing at the McDonald's? Like, I mean, I guess like a group of kids just singing in a fast food joint. That's it's weird. Um, but yes, he discovered them. Um, produced their first album, which is also called Candy Rain. Um, and that album actually went platinum. That was like their largest, um, their most successful album. I think they came out with two or three other albums after that. Um, one produced by Puff Daddy. I saw that one. I, I think that was like the second album or something, mm -hmm. right? And that one was produced. And yeah. And it did not do well. <laughs> it did not do well at all. Um, so yes. We're going to stop there with the facts and we're just going to jump into the video because I really want to talk about this video. So what were your first impressions of this music video? Well, again, it was just like flashbacks to the 90s and sort of my high school days. Um, 
And I forgot that like back then, guys wearing really big clothing oh my was goodness. really popular. Oh my goodness. As well as this weird kind of preppy, like the sweaters and like, it was, it was really something pretty amazing and also all the slow-mo with the, like the, the i think the youngest one is the one that's twirling oh my god lot, he does right? so many twirls yeah so many but slow motion twirls well like, i i think i made a note and i said that this looks like a giant convention but everyone shrunk down afterward that's how big these dudes well, I think clothes also are for the special effects of the giant vest kind of swaying <laughs> as he's twirling <laughs> With, like, a color background. I think there was, like, a purple background, an orange background. It was very... It's very funny, but it did bring back a lot of those, like, 90 music videos where you're kind of seeing somebody slow dance. So, if you guys haven't seen the video, it's basically... It looks like it's taking you through them getting discovered and them making their first video. Because you see, like, off camera, you see, like, there's a cameraman and there's a gaffer and, like... The director is like pointing out all these things, and Heavy D is just like, "Yeah, this is yeah, great." Yeah, and like friends hanging out there, like friends like you really don't understand like why they're really there. Yeah, why are they why there? Also, where are place? they? Are they like in a random ass warehouse or something? It kind of felt like, yeah. I mean, it was just like some open place. I don't mean it just seems weird because you do know that it's Heavy D, so you're kind of thinking you couldn't do better than this. <laughs> like this is the wackiest soundstage yeah. I've ever seen. And the thing that also I'm sure. You noticed it because it's pretty obvious is these silver streamers in the back and in the beginning I think I'm so happy you're bringing this up blue background <laughs> and then in the middle of the song it goes pink so it was it was like were you trying to appeal to women at that point with the pink I mean it was it was very odd but again I think it was that that time when all music videos like it's obviously not you look now and it's not sophisticated. Yeah, no. It's like a low rent, it's like a low rent new edition video. Yeah. It and then also in that weird way where, you know, they're I mean very Jackson Five reminiscent yes. of them doing the dancing and clearly the youngest one, Jace, is the one in the in the front. Yes. He's, he's the, the star. Brothers, yeah, the he's three the brothers star. are in the back kind of doing their dance and but you know, but there's no special effects. It's just them with like I mean, I think we we could probably make this video. Yeah, no, it's super low budget. It's yeah. very no, like you, you had a minimal projection value. You're just working with what you got. I'm pretty sure there was a party city nearby. That's probably where the, yeah, the silver streamers came from. I guess it was from. just for like sparkle. Yeah, just right? to give, like it's, give it's the stage party, something. It's a party atmosphere. Right? Yes, yeah. The baby blue and the baby pink was kind of interesting and that it, I, I don't know it kind of was like a pregnancy ad or something like, like that. I just feel like it, around that age and time period like pastels were like a really big thing I feel like everyone wanted like baby blue baby pink baby purple everything well, in that weird preppy thing too. yeah I mean is that the time maybe when Tommy Hilfiger was kind oh, of big yes, yes. I, I kind I, of felt like that was a very like again the look kind of like boys to men with the preppy like I think yeah it's like stuff. a urban street urban, preppy yeah. but yeah but ill fitting it was extremely ill fitting um I just remember just watching the cuffs of their pants yeah. because they like so much wind and swinging I'm just like I just thought hot I'm like aren't you guys hot with like 18 layers of clothes you're wearing a jacket you're wearing a vest you're wearing a scully cap you're wearing these huge like boots 
How are you comfortable? Well, that's probably around the time of grunge too, right? Because those boots were very, yeah, again, I think it was like, urban cool like to, yeah like to, to be that layered kind of grunge and layered and you know it it was it was yeah just going back in time for me but it was um i don't know it's also like just like jackson five when you can watch it i think as an adult it's kind of always strange to see the youngest up in the front doing most of the singing even though i get that he's the star mm-hmm. but you they brought up their ages. So it was like the first one was 19 and then it was Jace at 13. Yes. And then it was like 17, 18. Well, I, I think in the music business, there was like when the Jackson 5 happened, like it was such a magical like, wow, like this kid that has this really dynamic voice. Everyone in this group, they're, they're all family members. They all sing. It's a package deal. So like... Throughout musical history, you you try to repeat that. You have like the Osmonds and the Partridge well, family, even like in Sync and Backstreet, but like yeah. Justin Timberlake. But it's just funny when you listen to them sing the lyrics, and it's funny that the thirteen-year-old is the one crooning oh about like a girl. Yes, and Which I always exactly found that weird. Same. Yeah, it's the same thing. I kind of sometimes feel when you do watch old Jackson Five is like, why is the youngest one talking about a girlfriend? <laughs> You know, and at the same it's time, like, what the, the hell three, do you know yeah, about love? The three eldest ones are in the back, kind of just, and it's just, it's an odd, it's an odd oddity that's. I've all, yeah, that. I've always wondered that. It's just, almost like those pop albums now that are specifically geared for kids, but they they sing all the, the kids pop, songs. bop, the kids bop. Yeah, ones. but then you hear them sing like blurred lines, and you're like, I feel uncomfortable with that. <laughs> like you have ten year olds singing. Like, you know. Like, super inappropriate shit. Yeah. You know she wants it. And you're like, ah, you know, like, not cool. Not cool. This song was definitely PG. So it, yes. wasn't, it wasn't the same. But it was interesting to see, like, the youngest. And he, clearly he could move and dance. And he's oh, very yeah. talented. He's got a great voice. But there was part of me I was like, has he hit puberty? Is his voice going to change? Yeah. Like, well, that was always happening? the problem with the, that sort of arrangement in a group. Because as soon as that little kid hits like 15, you're done. Yeah. The, or you just have to morph into something else. But Which they obviously did not do very well because they did not have a successful album after this. Um, they had one other song. Um, I think, was it Every Little Thing? Every Little Thing, thing. Yeah. yes. And that was the second single off of it. Um, it did moderately well. Um, I think this song was uh, the Candy Rain hit um, number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot R&B Singles. So it was number one there. And then for the Billboard Top 100, it was number two. So that did really well. And I believe Every Little Thing was 11 on the Hot R&B Singles chart. Yeah, I think it hit number like 11 and that was the, as high as it got. And no other singles from it charted. And then when their second album came out, I think one song did moderately well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third album, which um, I'm going to have to put up a link to the album cover because it is the most ridiculous <laughs> album cover ever. It's all of them in wife beaters. Okay. And they're all really skinny looking. So, you know, like, usually when you see men in white beaters, yeah, it's usually really of... muscular. It's, like, the most woeful <laughs> wife beater. Just, like, these just like these very scrawny dudes trying to look hardcore. And instead of spelling the group's name as Soul, F-O-R, real, they changed it to the Roman numeral four. Thinking, gotcha. I don't know, maybe it's, it looked a little bit more mature. 
Um, and that well, well, I mean, that's kind of like what boys to men. Yeah. Like boys to yeah. yeah. And it just didn't even chart remotely. <laughs> it did horribly, actually. Um, so yeah. Uh, some other fun facts. Like oh, this like this is the part I've been waiting for because this is like the best part of their story. So eventually they leave New York. I'm guessing, you know, music wasn't really working out for them up there. For whatever reason, they moved down south to Georgia. Atlanta? Uh, yes, I think like around the Atlanta area. Um, one of the brothers, Brian, a.k.a. Bri, um, actually was convicted, indicted and convicted of, uh, I think, like credit card fraud and identity theft. But like 194 counts, because yes. I looked this up before yes. it came, and I was, yes. I thought I had mistaken it, but 194 counts of it? Yes. Um, which is... Sounds busy. Which is amazing! Yeah. I didn't even know, like, and also aggravated identity fraud. Is there a gentle way to go about identity fraud? I'm not exactly I sure. I don't really know. I mean, I also think, like, maybe things got slow in music, because obviously they didn't come Yeah! Out. But that is kind of a strange... Like, 194 counts of it, it sounds... Yeah, like apparently he had, um, like, apartments all over the place, and he was, like, forging checks, and he had fake IDs and fake social security numbers, like, the whole nine yards. And um, when he, when the indictment went down, he took his infant son, who I think was about, like, 10 months old or something, from daycare, and went on the run with him. Okay. Um... And there was like a manhunt for him and they eventually caught him. But yeah, he went on the run. Um, and I saw that they might have indicted the other brothers as well, but I couldn't really find any conclusive information on that. Well, maybe that's why they came up with 194 counts. Yeah, I think it was just all but, of them all but together. But that is a strange decision-making thing. Because if I were to go on the run, I would not take with me a 10-month-old baby. Yeah. I feel like that's only going to slow you down. Well, also, I think he was just using it as, like, leverage. Like, you're not going to shoot me because I got this baby. And, like, just poor fucking decisions <laughs> all around. You know how, also, you don't get shot. You don't get caught. I mean, I kind of feel like... I wonder at what point did he think he had gone too far? Was it, like, 125? <laughs> <laughs> Which or is it like, yeah, was what the count, count was just too many for him to keep track of? Oh, jeez. Like, he was fine with, like, a like a hundred counts of it and just being like, oh, I could take on, like, ten identities. But, you know, 11 and 12 got to be a little rough. Yeah, it just, uh, it, it's funny when you think of it, but it's also really sad, too, because these brothers caught a big break, got in with a really big producer, made a, an, a record that sold a, a lot, like, that's... You go platinum for your first album? I think that's That's just like the case of Hollywood. I think that like you have that kind of success and you don't have the right people who are kind of making sure to protect you and protect your wealth. I mean, again, like in the video, they have like so many people around them. Yeah. Like, who are these people? Are they just friends or are they people that just became their friends because they're making music videos? Like, how do you find these people? Because I think... You have, you're 13 years old, or even if you're 18 and 17, and come on, let's rethink that. And suddenly you're having thousands of dollars. Yeah. Maybe millions. I don't know how much they actually have. That's a lot of money, considering that probably having 20 bucks in your wallet as yeah, a teenager Yeah, and a lot of responsibility like, that's yeah. all of a sudden thrust toward you. Yeah. And you're all of a sudden in this very large spotlight. 
makes for some really, really poor decisions. And really poor. Yeah. Um, and, and then suddenly that's like your first hit and then suddenly nothing's going really well. I mean, that's got to be disappointing and a little bit kind of a little pro- uh, blow to the pride. Yeah, for sure. Though I do wonder if every single one of the brothers was like, I'm in and I want to do this. Because I feel like in every single group or brothers... There's always, like, one brother that I feel like you kind of have to pull a little yeah, bit more. exactly. Because I did see in some, like, they can dance. But I think there was this one brother that was just, it didn't seem like he was really that into it. <laughs> like, it was just like, I'm going through the motions, but I, I'm either not 100% comfortable doing this. Wait, or which one are you? So, because there's the guy on the, the left of the screen. I think he was, just, I don't know, maybe he was the oldest. I didn't rewind to like figure it out but i always feel like whenever you watch like a group there's mm-hmm. that one person that that's is not just, giving their 100 percent, or is giving it their 100 percent, but it's but just, it's just not naturally talented yeah and i would sucks. say i'm usually that person <laughs> <laughs> so you can always like spot it when they're like they have this look on their face that's just like pure concentration but they're just not moving, right? Yeah, and it's it's not coming effortlessly. Or the one person in the group that is just not really there. Like, I'm doing it because, yeah, we're brothers and we're supposed to do mm-hmm. this and we're making money, but this is not how I normally would want to spend my time. Yeah, this is not how I move. I don't really sing that well. I'm just, yeah, I'm just I'm really here. just here to be, like, the fourth person, you I'm know? just here for support. Yeah, and, you know, they're fine doing it, but it is... I, I can imagine that that would be a little old if you're like, I really don't want to be here. I'd rather be reading mm-hmm. a book somewhere or mm-hmm. I'd rather be hanging out with my friends right. instead of this dark warehouse with streamers behind me. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, um, I had this one friend, her name was Natalie, and she was like super obsessed with music and being trying to be a pop star or trying to like be famous. It's like, I think just very enamored with the prospect of fame and we would watch music videos together mm-hmm. and she would like want to learn the dance moves and stuff and like actually enact them and that was fine if we were doing it in her home but she wanted to do it out of doors like for the neighborhood and we would be outside reenacting like music videos and I think this was actually one of the music videos we were trying to reenact that is amazing. and I just remember like there was like maybe four or five kids from her neighborhood just kind of like hanging over her fence, just like watching it all hanging out. And we're just doing this dance. And I'm just like, man, I just want to go home. <laughs> this is the worst. Like, this is, I'm so awkward. Like, it just, this isn't, I don't feel comfortable doing this. And I am usually not a person who, like, I'm a I was going to say, you're a very good dancer. I'm a, I, I, yeah, but when you're 10 or 11 years old, Sometimes you just don't want to be on display for people. Oh, no. I mean... You just want to hang out. Like, you just want to hang out with your friends. I think it's like those times when your parents are like, now sing a song in front of this group. And you're like, do I really... Like, oh, man, I know it's the holidays and you want me to sing, like, Joy to the World, but I really (laughs) am not feeling it right now. You're just like, you just want to slice a pie and go to bed. in school, like, in middle school, when you had to do it with your friends for, like, Mother's Day. Yeah, Like, I don't know, like, in our middle school or, like, junior high, like... They were like Mother's Day, like, like skits. Like, like yeah, and so like you got a group of friends together and you you did something, and then the mothers got invited, and you, oh you if it was like singing or dancing or something, and that's why I can remember doing like 
do you, oh God, I don't even remember, but I'm wearing, I do remember I was wearing like a black and yellow striped sweater, so I kind of look like a bee. Oh my God. With a group of girls, and we were lip syncing this song and doing this dance, and I hated every moment of it, and I really honestly don't even know why I got included in this group, but I think when you're young, there's this idea of like, we love putting kids on show. I think that's why we still gravitate toward a young singer being up in mm-hmm, front because mm-hmm. they're so adorable and they're so cute. And they're adorable yeah, too. Yeah, that they're little really kid is adorable. I just couldn't take my eyes off of him. I, well, I think he's the one that looks like he was the most comfortable yeah. being up front and, and singing. Yeah, and like you could like just, that. like that kid has charisma pouring out of every pore. Yeah. Like the brothers, I could take or leave. I'm pretty sure if you just took them out and switched them with another like indiscriminate group of like well, brother, like guys who sort of looked like Jason. Yeah, it would have been fun. It like, been honestly, fun. I did not know when I watched the video that they were a group of brothers. Like that's how little it kind of mattered then, to me. Yeah. But, like, and then, obviously, it makes sense because I think he's the only one that's still kind of pursuing music, it yes, seems like. Yes. But, yeah, I mean, his his movement, he was very comfortable, very, I mean, he was very talented. But, yes, like, the three guys in the back are just, they're just there. They're just you, there. You don't really gravitate toward them, and, well, you even know, with the um, just being older. With the other music video, with the uh, Every Little Thing, one of the other brothers is singing the lead. Oh, okay. And in the video, I just remember watching that video because I'm like, well, I've already just watched all these other Soul For Real videos. I'm just going to watch more. So you watch that one and that one is taking place at like a roller rink and they're performing at the roller rink. And... See, I don't know how I feel though if... Because it makes sense, I think, when you look at it to see the youngest up in the front. Yeah. It... I feel like that would be really odd to see one of the older ones up front. It's and then very you have jarring. Two, like tall, and then this one, one tiny little one. 13 year old. And he still is the only one that you're watching. Even I think when it's just, but it's it's not in a good way. I kind of feel like what it, that's like, like when you look at a picture and like, what's the one that's not like, what's the one that doesn't belong? Yeah. And I think in that one, it makes more sense when you see him up front. Because it's like, okay, now we're showcasing this young talent. But if they're in the back, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just, it's very, very off-putting. And I feel like it's kind of like a bait and switch. Like you were lured into loving this group because of this adorable little scamp of a child singing about Candy Rain. Also, sidebar, what the fuck is Candy Rain? What is it? What is it? I don't know. I think one of the lyrics was like something like candy corn rain. Like Like, candy coated raindrops. I don't know, what maybe it's like mean? Skittles or something like that. <laughs> or maybe Skittles thought of this song when they came up with their ad kit. I didn't really understand. I mean, it was very catchy, but I still really don't know the meaning of the yeah, song. Yeah, I am not, like, I, I understand it's about, like, you finally found this person, and they're so great, and you love them, and And blah, again, blah. at 13, I mean, what 13-year-old does not know of true love? Yeah, what, I... I Tell me what you want, and I will give it to you. You can. You are not able to give anyone it's, anything. It's you not legal. Thir- yeah, it you are thirteen legal. years old, and that's disgusting. Yeah, um, the only thing you should be doing is holding somebody else's hand. At best, at yeah. best, in front of like chaperones. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to still envision just like innocence here, and not like- not like. I mean, again, this song is very PG. It's it's nothing like raunchy or anything. Yeah, but you. I think that's where, again, it seems kind of weird, like, for, I think, the older brothers to be singing this song. Isn't there a thought that's like, I can't believe the crap I'm about to sing. Like, I'm singing about candy 
well, Candy, Candy Love, Rain. like Candy Rain, like I'm, I'm singing like because again, it's the youngest one up in the front, and what he's singing makes kind of sense because that's what I would imagine a 13 year old right. would sing. It's right. very PG, but for a 19 year old in the back, this has got to be sort of humiliating. <laughs> I'm singing it in front of silver streamers and a candy yeah, pink background. Yeah, but also probably like the girls that probably were screaming like. They must have been really young, right? Yeah. We're not talking about 20-year-olds. Well, oh, no. Maybe, yeah, maybe some 20-year-olds. Yeah. But in all reality, you're talking about young teenage girls. Oh, for sure. So even for them, that's got to be really pervy that like a bunch of like 12-year-olds are say, like screaming, Brian! And you're like, <laughs> no, no, jailbait. Jailbait. You know, like, no way. This is not good on any... And I'm sure the manager must have been like, no, 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 no. Super gross. Jace, you're the only one who can really, like, why don't you hold hands with them? But everyone else, get in the back. Get in the back. But yeah, the, like, it's a really, I mean, let's be serious. The song's a really shitty song. Like, if you're thinking about this, it's like, a catchy it's, tune, it's a, catchy, it's a tune. catchy tune. Lyrically, it's really Oh, stupid. no, lyrical, it's the dumbest thing. But, like most pop songs, yeah. like, you can say that 90% of them horrible yeah it's just it's it's just but it did make you want to move and yeah like, and, and it's, it's really like, charming it's charming it's sweet like it's it's again it's kind of funny like nowadays where you kind of think of i'm like you know there's no like auto tune or anything it's just them singing yeah in a warehouse <laughs> um but it's innocence i mean i again it was a fun way to sort of relive the 90s yeah. like it's a it's a very prime example yeah and it harkens back to that really like really like soulful, simple. Like, maybe not simple, but a different, older R and B sound. Yeah, and I think for me, it it, it was definitely R and B. Like nowadays, I, I guess again, me nerd. I don't really like what is you know like what is the sound because all the sounds are kind of blending in t- right. together. This one was very classic, like R and B. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're yeah. looking for like what is the definition of an R&B song, like what notes and what, you know, what measures are hitting that, this is definitely that. It's a very classic tune, and I think that's why it connected with so many people. Oh, definitely for mainstream. I mean, I think, again, maybe that was the whole point, is to make this look not scary or not too... um, Very fluffy. Yeah, like an innocence about it. Like you could see them at the mall singing, right? This is like a a a Tiffany or a Debbie Gibson. Only they weren't young white girls, you know? Like, But I think for middle, I mean, I grew up in Michigan. And when I was in middle school, it was predominantly Northville, Michigan. It was Mm. predominantly white. This is a perfect, like, opening the door to, Mm -hmm. I think, a lot of people with what R&B is. Right. So I think on that note, it was okay. A cute little, a cute little kid singing a song about Candy Rain. I mean, that is just not going to scare anyone. Oh, it's not. It's perfectly harmless. And I remember reading an interview with the guys, um, and I believe this interview might have been from 2013 or 14. And I think they were trying to get the group back together. Actually, it might have been a little older. It might have been 2011, and. They were talking about their like Candy Rain and like how they got discovered, and they're like they really. One of the brothers was like, they really cleaned us up, like not that we were excessively, quote unquote ghetto, but they really, they gave us one of the, like a squeaky clean song, 
They put us in these like very brand new clothes. It was a very sanitized. It wasn't who we were, but we could fit that role. We were easily yeah. adaptable and moldable to fit that clean, squeaky clean image. Like family friendly, you know, a little bit of edge, a little bit of urban flavor. But at the same time, super scrubbed and super clean. Yeah, like they had no big gold chains. I, I think any of like the imagery that I think most, I think like white communities like, oh my God, you know, that that's what black music is. Yeah. There was none of that. There was none it of that. It was, again, a very fluffy version of what R&B was and probably what was really popular at that time. Yes. You know, again, this is something that mothers probably listened to and was like, oh, aren't they sweet? Right. Because, I, I mean, another uh, another contemporary of theirs was the group, um, I'm just pulling something out, Jodeci. Yeah. Um, and that was very sexual, very yeah. aggressive, very, like, Like, hits thrusty. Yeah, yeah very I intense that, I think that probably was for the... Sque- I mean, that's probably why the look of it was very bare bones yeah. and, and nothing again that nothing was too provocative provocative yeah. and again i'm glad because you know with the 13 year old being the lead singer that would have been a little much but yeah i mean it's a really interesting note of like during that time i think too when you think about the 90s and you know i think that was before oj simpson because i was in that was that was before OJ, but but not a lot. I think maybe no, one or a, two years. Yeah, maybe or like something. one or two years. It's like in that sphere of OJ Simpson influence of lots of weird race relation things going yeah, on I mean, throughout it, the country. Yeah, I mean, like the LA riots had happened before that, and it, I think there was very clear ideas of what black communities look like and what white communities look like, and sort of. The blending of music. Yes, and what's going to appeal to both of these groups? Well, and what appeals to mass audiences, like, as far as, like, R&B, and kind of close to, like, pop at that Mm -hmm. time. You know, like, this is R&B, but it's a poppy song. Again, you know, appealing to, I think, more than just the R&B crowd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Let's see. Anything else? Let me see if there's any fun things I could dig up. Ah, yes. So the baseline of this song was apparently sampled from a Minnie Riperton song called "Baby the Love." This like "Baby This Love I Have." Now Minnie Riperton, um, the one with the crazy high voice, the "Loving You" lady, "Loving You." That oh lady? yeah, her. Yeah. yeah. So apparently the baseline in the of this song is sampled from one of her songs, um, which is another cool thing I found out. Um, but yeah, kind of a sad story of how this band or how this group sort of ended up. But they had a really like, they had, they had a nice little pie in the sky moment for a little while. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it, it was very interesting because when I heard it, I immediately recognized it. Even though when you first sent me the link, I was like, I don't even know who this band is. I don't know this song. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, no, no, I do know the song. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an it's a, it's a fun kind of innocent reminder of like, that what music was like in the 90s yeah. and again you know again with even with the brothers and stuff it's it's kind of almost like true hollywood story yeah. about you know like one person comes out all right but out of all the groups you know like if it's justin timberlake from sync mm-hmm. or beyonce from yes. destiny's child yeah. like again it's it's really interesting transformation of when they're in kind of i think a more manufactured sound mm-hmm. and look because mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to find, well, you're going to be the one for quirky people or you're going to be the one for, 
like Spice Girls, like, yeah, right. That very like okay, every you're personality, be the, the cool baby blonde, yeah. and you're going to be like the fiery redhead, and you're like the athletic one, and you're the classy one, or it, it's it's that there's look. something for everyone, yeah, and, and you're kind of putting together that puzzle. I mean, in this case, they were brothers, but and I don't think really I could tell you which one was oh which. no even in the video when they try to um they do that sort of uh that beatles-esque like let's introduce these lads and it has their names yeah but that just felt weird because it was just like it playing and suddenly it was like brian 19 yeah and then jace at like i was just like well, this 13. is not a goddamn and documentary I, yeah it was just weird to be like i was not expecting that i wasn't expecting that and i don't really feel connected to these boys at all well honestly i couldn't tell you again besides jace i couldn't tell couldn't, you the, like yeah, their I names I could, because you don't really see them too it's just they're not mostly in the background so you never really are able to focus on, like jace is the only one that is i think seen independently the other three are always together yes but so you can't really immediately when you're watching all these things is figure out which one is brian yeah i feel like it was like a last ditch like a last ditch effort to try and say oh like you can these here are these dudes we're gonna distinguish them by letting you know who they are but it's a split second and you can't really you don't care yeah and you don't relate to it you're just like okay maybe maybe it would sink in if you watched this video like a hundred times which back then when they actually showed music videos you're gonna that could have been yeah but i wonder if this was really shown on mtv a lot you know what it wasn't because i was gonna say i don't think they showed r&b a lot they this they played this song and every little thing all the time on bet yeah but i was like saying for most people like I knew the song, but I, yeah. I wouldn't have known the video. It, all the time. Like, it, it, there was not an afternoon that went by that this song was not on. It was very, very heavily played. So, yeah, I, I don't think it I is, remember that being on MTV really at all. It is really interesting how so many musicians now, probably, you know, before I think there was a real difference between MTV and BET. Mm-hmm. And now, a lot of what's mainstream is also BET. Like, mm-hmm. MTV, it, it used to be like, okay, MTV's going to, perform Pearl Jam in Nirvana. Yes. And that's just, and they're just going to formulate um, their programming in just this very narrow window. I mean, that's why BET was created, to give that, yeah. you know, to give black people but an outlet at, to show music. But look at music. now. Like, well, now, now BET doesn't almost, show music at all. No, I mean, well, MTV and, does and MTV it. Doesn't but but even so, it's still pretty popular to find those. I mean, YouTube is probably where people are watching yeah. music videos anyway. But even so, it's interesting to see on MTV as it kind of progressed is that they started to bring in more and more mm-hmm. R&B and rap mm-hmm. and how that became more and more mainstream. Yeah, because the, the country's attitudes towards music were in a rapid flux yeah. and a rapid state of change. So as you were integrating neighborhoods as you were integrating different societies you had to integrate the music too you had to draw that in rap became more and more accepted Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like you know part of that i think for middle america was the beastie boys being Mm -hmm. that but you know like i think as rap and hip-hop and r&b became more and more sounds that started to you know sampling got mixed in and Mm -hmm. and and i think more you saw more and more um performers do that to the point now that you know you look at the super bowl and this this year's super bowl and who really i mean no one really remembers coldplay yeah not but at you all. do remember beyonce <laughs> but you remember Mars, the hell of, yeah. out of beyonce you remember and bruno, bruno Mars, Mars, but you don't like coldplay was just like in the background 
He was like the Brian of the. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Brian, Christopher. Oh my god. Andre, one of them. Oh my god. No, I'm, I'm just going to start calling. Chris Martin, the Brian of Goldplay. <laughs> the Brian or the Brian of the Super Bowl. Now we have been bringing up. Um, we've mentioned Beyonce's name twice now. Um, so at the time of this taping, the world has just been in a very large state of flux. The music world, the political world, like all of it. Um, Prince passed away uh, this past week. And also Beyonce released the visual album and physical album, Lemonade. Um, now Prince, I'm actually going to, we're not going to go into Prince very much in this episode just because we are going to give Prince his own episode of Black Famous. Um, Prince was a huge, huge musical hero to me and I think he deserves his own episode. So that will be forthcoming. But um, we're going to take a little bit of time and talk about Lemonade because it needs to be talked about. It's people have been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. It has been dividing people. It's been bringing people together. And I mean, I'm sure you've watched it by now. I know you've watched it, Jen. Yeah, I mean that it was. I, I think it's it's great because today's Thursday and it got released Saturday. Saturday. I um, so it's taken some time. I've watched it a couple of times, and I mean, for me, I've, I was really blown away by it. Um, and we were talking about it earlier. I think what kind of makes me a little bit sad about it is that so much talk is really being talked about who's Becky or the infidelity. Yeah. When I feel like this is on a much bigger scale than it doesn't even matter about the infidelity. I think it's about a woman's right to be really pissed. I mean, it ties into politics and society and what is beauty and, and, and black beauty and black standards of beauty and you you talked about it too black standards by black women and men not even by the whole of like society oh for sure and um i was referencing a great roundtable discussion in vulture on um on their website and as they quote what was the quote something about um how black love is always a political act and the checks and balances and the way that has operated for hundreds of thousands of years, it's always been a political act to be black and be in love and to formulate relationships. This is probably one of the highest forms of rebellion against all of these social norms that we've been slowly, slowly been suffocated under as black women. This is just busting the door open on those and it's so exciting to see anger it's so exciting to see forgiveness just to go on this very like crazy journey with her yeah I mean I was really humbled by it again I don't think it's every single word every single lyric mm -hmm. is really referring to her and Jay-Z but I think on a whole like the emotions um that she's feeling and you know I think I, I would also say with caution for a lot of people in my case of where I'm not a black a black woman is to allow that to sink in and allow that and it's it doesn't take away from my enjoyment of the thing but wow what a really great way to explore some issues and a perspective that I don't have right. or can relate and you know I think it ties into black lives matter and people who are protesting like well my life matters too and like it's not about you it's about allowing 
a group of people who really don't have a lot of agency in this, allow them to have a, at least like some moments. Yeah. Like stupid Piers Morgan when he's like, oh, I liked her better. I'm like, this isn't about you. This was never about you. This is about her expression and her, I think, courage to come out and really blast some of these like stereotypes right. open. And I think it's something that honestly, had this been the album that she had released five years ago, it would have been seen in a way different way. But I think because she has, she is Beyonce now, there's a different, like now that you have so many people looking at it with new eyes. And there's a new definition to her as well. Yeah, I mean, I think she's been allowed to kind of cultivate her political views or society views as, you know, a a woman and and clearly a woman in charge of her life. I I think some of the more moving things was when she was bringing up lines of like, you know, I have my own money. I mean, I mean, just that image of a really raw, powerful woman. And I watched it and, again, was really blown away. But then also, it was a great introduction to issues that I could never have access to. Right. And uh, really importantly, I think, for everyone is just to let that be one voice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, she's not doing this because she wants to be the representation of every single black black person's experience or black woman's experience, but this is her experience. Yes. And that same thing with being a black, black love. And it's so unfair that we put these expectations on couples to be the represent, the representation of everything. Right. But I think also we do, we, that's and just being able, and just being able to tell a story without having interference from anyone. Like this, she is, she very carefully, she's a really great curator. She's, I think this one really too, and this is not to take away from music and this is not meant to be um, like rude, but she's a brilliant salesperson. Oh yes. Because I, and that I give as a, as a small business owner, I'm like, kudos to you. You are really smart. You're smart. You're savvy. You know what you're doing. You're a person in charge. Yeah. Like that is to me, so impressive. She can and she take all these, her own. Yeah, and she can take all of these these images, um, all these other artists that she loves. Um, Warsan Shire uh, is a Somali British poet, and she is the. Uh, and wow, that was that poetry was really powerful. Yeah, right? and that, what she's a like great, a, she's like I think like exposed. the London like poet laureate or something. But that's a wonderful way to for for most of us to have been exposed to that oh, versus yeah. I never had heard of her before. Just like these gorgeous, gorgeous, amazing words, the lyricism, the prose. The strength in every word. You felt it. Yeah, well, and, and just also on the visual aspect, there were so many visual looks to it mm-hmm. that was really mind-blowing. Like, again, I tuned into it just to see, but within, like, a minute, I was, like, You're hooked. really hooked and watching it, and there were so many different things, and it's like going to, like, the Met. Mm-hmm. You have to see it multiple times. To really absorb everything absorb that's going on. every visual clue or cue that she's giving and again, I think it's to see, I think, you know, as a, as a woman, to see a woman really just middle fingers up, pissed. I mean, like, to me, that really moved me because I was like, we are so not allowed to have that. We're so not taught to. Oh, to for sure. And or it, you're the crazy person. Oh, yeah. So. Or, the, or the very, like, virulent uh, stereotype of the angry, railing black woman just not caring about anything, but just so mired in her anger. Yeah, and that was so liberating, I think, for 
most women, it's like I could only wish to expose oh, myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, walking down the street with a baseball bat, just bashing things. I want to do that on a regular basis. I feel, but I just who? But you know, you do. You wouldn't. No, I mean. No, we definitely wouldn't. wouldn't. And I probably wouldn't be wearing that dress and then I don't have that much money. <laughs> I think it's like think, a reverse. I mean, I think again, it's so important the look and the visual and and more importantly to know the history to and and using that to portray this image. Right. Because you really have to know the history to really be able to use these cues and stuff like that to make it powerful. Like this was well thought of. Oh, yeah, for sure. Really well thought. For like sure. every single look, I every single scene it really spoke of, like, the amount of work that it must have been to pull this off. Oh, I can't even imagine how long they were filming for, how long they were storyboarding for, even just conceptualizing it, even getting Warsan on the project. Yeah, like, I, and for her to, to know, like, from this is the, the, the journey, because it is, it, you had brought this up, too, this week. It's very rare, I think, for most of us to listen to an album from front, like, to from start to finish. Right. You buy songs that you like. Yeah, and you I mean, you have the singles that are made to sell the album. The singles can be strong, but the rest of the album as a whole, you can either take or leave with this most is music. An, this is, you have to listen oh, to yeah. it in it the, is, the right She is way. commanding you to take this journey with her, and you're happy to do it. You're absolutely yeah. happy and willing to fall into this world of love of heartbreak of reflection and eventually forgiveness. forgiveness i think really forgiveness is a big thing and what love is and the power of love i mean i i was pretty moved to tears at the end because it is you know again i think to hear it from a strong woman's perspective about what can you do mm-hmm. you know i think i think it was really just incredible and i hope that we start to really you know really talk about it or the fact that like it seems like already like the people the haters are still so scared of a woman's right the fear the anger and the fear which has been shown towards this work is insane yeah and again it leads to on a bigger cultural and political spectrum i mean you know we have for the first time a real candidate on the Democratic side, a woman candidate who could really win. Right. Hopefully so. But, you know, I, I think now, you know, it's 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 amazing that so many men are calling it the woman card. Oh, God. But they're the ones bringing it up. Oh, And, you know, sure. and I think even with Piers Morgan talking about, like, oh, I don't like this militant one. I'm like, who, what are you talking about militant-wise? Because she, like, what makes her military? The fact that she's standing tall, the fact that she's... That like she's, she wa- and that she wants her voice to be heard. Yeah, so that immediately points to militant, militant women. women. Like, it's more to do than just, like, at the Super Bowl, they were dressed up possibly back, like, with a reference to Black Panthers. But, like, this is more about women standing tall and, stand- and saying, we won't tolerate this. Right. And that translates to militant. Versus for men, that's just being being a man you're being a strong confident man. yeah so confidence and and owning your space and i think that's what i think a lot of women talk about is owning the space and having the ability to freely talk about things because so much still is we're being stifled like our voices are being stifled even going when we're cat called on the street we're terrified of doing like well another aspect of the uh of lemonade that i loved is just that there was just groups of all these very diverse looking black women filling spaces mm-hmm. there's women in spaces comfortable 
women, relaxed women. Even in the uh, the segment, the sorry segment, yeah, with Serena Williams, oh, and she was amazing. Oh my God, she looked resplendent and just ag- this aggressive and strong. Yeah, and I hope confident. for Serena Williams, this was like the ultimate fu to every single yeah, person who ever has criticized her body, as if they have the right to criticize her body. Right, and just women being sexy and strong and projecting that and owning that space. Well, and also just, I think, again, because, you know, I grew up in a pretty, like, segregated area, you know, it wasn't until I went into my second high school that I was exposed to, um, not even exposed, that's not the right word. I had a lot of black men and women in my high school. Mm -hmm. You know, I mostly grew up in a very white community. So even being Asian, I have angst about being Asian, right? And showcasing what Asians, like, we have round faces, we're flat-chested and everything like that. Right. <laughs> we do not look naturally like these anime dolls that I think a lot of Asian Very, women do Very, like, fragile. Like. But my exposure to what is black feminine beauty is very, it's very mainstream. It's, right. like, Kerry Washington on Scandal. Right. So, but when I see, just like everybody in real streets, that is not how people look. Right. Or dress. And so to see her have such a a diverse crowd of being like that's so beautiful and that's what we really need is to see more diverse diversity not even like just slap a black person with a white person and a you know hispanic person and an asian person but real diversity within the actual like yes and and just seeing that blackness not exist in a vacuum or to see like elements of like tribal african art and not being put on a white model walking down the, the, the runway yeah of like seeing like that like again, let's have a, a real dialogue of like what culture and a you know like when you you take these aspects like I mean I think what grew or there was some store that had a lot of Native American American Indian uh, like looks but it was all on white blonde yeah models. The, like, what is the festival look yeah, is right now or like, the Bohemian look or you know if it was the Met Gala and talking about Chinese art which I was like I can't wait to see the person with chopsticks in their hair <laughs> but you know. Again, Mandarin have, collars I'm forever. Sure like, yeah, for m- most people, you have a very specific idea of like what what being black is, or what black be- beauty is, mm-hmm. what a black couple looks like. Right. And then, um, just like you do with like Asian couples too, like oh, so I think if anything, if we can all digest it and really look at it and see again, it's her perspective, it's her story, and it's an amazing one. But let's. Like hopefully we have more stories yeah. and more people telling stories. Yeah, I would love I would love it. to see this across the board from female artists. Just more storytelling. Yeah, and, and less like or I mean, more I fear, mainstream female I artists. I fear that like, you know, this is like again, it's a great awakening. I think people are, are gonna be talking about this forever. But the fact that they are talking about it is also a little sad because that this is so mind blowing to people. Right. When it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. Like, this kind of artistic work, the fact, you can almost say, like, well, what does that say about the art world? Right. Like, what is that saying, really, about the music world? Or where are we in society that this is so mind-blowing? And scary for a and lot of scary people. scary, or that it's controversial. I'm like, it's not controversial at all. Like, there's nothing controversial about it, but I can see why some people have, like, oh, my God. Right. Just, like, again, it's so crazy to me that even Formation, when it came out, there was this, like, the cops, was like, certain cops were like, oh, my God, she's so anti-police. And, again, 
being anti-police brutality does not make you anti-police. Correct. Being anti-war does not make you anti-military. Let's use some logic here, people. Uh, the people who are lobbying these phrases are the least logical people I know, on the but face they're, of the but earth. they're winning the dialogue. It's so true. I think she's adding a lot to the dialogue. And again, let's let's have more voices. Let's have more different storytelling because that's the only way that I think we can win is when this doesn't become so unique. Right. When this is more commonplace in some ways just like it's commonplace when you live in a big city to see all kinds of diverse relationships instead of being in certain areas where that's like a, a, a interracial couple is not common right like again we live in new york city we're very exposed to that yeah. and we're very lucky to have that exposure but it's a luxury. Areas, but yeah. It's definitely a luxury. Let, let, but let's not take it for granted. Let's understand people's context and history. And again, I think it's a great way to, you know, open up great dialogue. I think that's when I watched it, I was like, this is going to be some amazing dialogue at work tomorrow. It's going to be amazing dialogue on all of the kinds of news oh, channels. Yeah. But let's have the right dialogue. Let's not make this all about who's Becky with, like, who cares about who? Like, who's who? No one cares about that. That's not really, yeah, that's not the real point. And and I I feel like it's a real tragedy, and we're letting the lesson and the things that we can learn from it. We're really missing the mark here, if that's the only thing that we're focusing on. Yeah, let's, let's, again, like, let's give Beyonce a a big round of applause. I think it's amazing. I think you're going to have an incredible time at her concert. Oh, my God, it's going to be the best. I think, again, let's really keep the dialogue on where the dialogue needs be and that is um the larger issues of female empowerment female voices the agency um race gender everything i mean really let's start to have these dialogues oh oh my god so bravo to you yes 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 and i think this is a really good place to end. Jen, thank you so much for coming on Thank here. you, Monique. I mean, this you're was, doing an incredible job. Oh, man. This was fantastic. This was absolutely fantastic. All right. So that's it for Black Famous today, y'all. So we'll see you next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a good night and peace out.